the promise to those who love God. James 1 verse 12, 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8, Revelation 2, 10, Revelation 3, 11, James 2 verse 5, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 10, Deuteronomy 7 verse 9, Daniel 9 verse 4, Mark 12, 28 to 30, Matthew 10, 34 to 39, Revelation 3, 4 to 5. With all of these scriptures above, there is a common thread. There is a common theme that runs through all of them that we must be aware of as his people and be living this theme out as his people. The common theme to these passages is that we love God. So the question I pose is, what does it really mean to love God? To love God means to be wholeheartedly devoted to him and his ways. To love God means to be obedient to what he is asking of us. To love God means to give him your entire self and trust him with your life. All those who love God like this are promised a divine reward. Let's look at each of these scriptures. James 1 verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. Revelation 2.10 Which the Lord has promised to those who love him. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. James 2 verse 5 Listen, my beloved brethren. Did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith? and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-10 But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9 Know therefore that the Lord your God he is the God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his love and kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. Daniel 9 verse 4, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome Lord, who keeps his covenant and love and kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Mark 12, 28 to 30. What commandment is the greatest of all? Jesus answered, The foremost is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Matthew 10, 34-39 Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not to come bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. This is what I've called the missional and relational tests. 
we can see there is an incredible promise for all those who love God. And Mark 12, 28 to 30, and Matthew 10, 34 to 39, is the measuring standard you would want to use for yourself and others as to whether you actually were loving God, as opposed to just thinking you are or saying you are and fooling yourself. Many say they love God, but what are they comparing this with? Most do what the scripture tells us not to do, and we compare ourselves with ourselves or others, and this is not the standard. To not live to his standard, which is spiritual, is to live by the flesh, self. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 But when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding. When we look at Mark 12 and Matthew 10, we must look at what it is saying and allow the words of truth to convict us. These two passages are so beautifully interconnected with one another and we can see from Matthew 10 that Jesus has come looking for all those who love him more than anyone else. He comes to divide all those living from the flesh and spirit and it doesn't matter who these people are or what relationship they have with one another. He comes to divide them. The sword is his word and his word is sharper than a two-edged sword. His word judges thoughts and intentions of the heart. His word pierces and divides the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotion, and the spirit, joints and marrow. Jesus is no respecter of person when it comes to his Father's truth and way. Truth is his first place priority, and he looks and searches for all those who are lovers of truth himself, because he has a reward for all those followers. These are his mature followers, his bride. Notice who Jesus says a man's enemies will be, the members of his own household. When we truly start to live for Jesus the way Jesus intends, you will start to upset the apple cart. This gives light to the words of the prophet Simeon in Luke 2, 34-35. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed and a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. It doesn't matter who the people are. Anyone who is living from the flesh with fleshly mindsets will be offended by all those who are wanting to live wholeheartedly abandoned for Jesus. Jesus' hope is that all people, no matter what their relationship is with one another, will love him with all their heart and love him at the center and have him at the center of their lives as their first place priority and position. Jesus tells us to love others more than him means we are not worthy of him. We are not worthy to receive all that is contained in him. Colossians 2 verse 2. We are not worthy of the crown of life rich in faith or heirs of the kingdom, the bride, reigning, etc., though we have been invited to be. This is hard-hitting and will upset all those of the flesh who hear it. But to those of the Spirit, these words are life and spirit. The first part of loving God is to love Him more than anyone or anything else. He must become first in our hearts full stop if we want to receive the promises that He speaks of his reward. 
The second part of loving God is found in Matthew 10, 38 to 39. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. We can see how we can be not worthy of Jesus in two areas. Firstly, loving people more than him, no matter who they are. Secondly, not taking up our cross and following after him. The promise of verse 39 is that the one who loses their life for his sake will find it. There is an incredible life to be found in Christ, an indestructible life in Christ, if we lose our life, our earthly life, for his sake. There is a double truth operating here that we must come to know and live from. To deny self, take your cross, and follow after Jesus means to let go of the life you know with all its own operating systems and mindsets and be changed into a new living way and a complete new way of living. It means God's ways become your ways of living and what he says is the way literally becomes your way. His priorities become yours and you live for them. His commandments become your commandments. His ways become your ways. His prayers become your prayers. His desires become your desires. When we come into the true position of this losing of our life and finding the new life rather than our version of it, which is a counterfeit version, then we find this kingdom, indestructible life that is promised. Notice the words, has lost his life for his sake. They will find it. We don't give our lives, we lose our lives. There is a true reality here being declared. There is a true motive of the heart being taught by Jesus. It's only those who are truly losing their life, serving Jesus from a true love that will find this life. All those operating from a posture of selfish ambition, self-purpose, laying their lives down for self-gain, serving self, will never come into and find this incredible kingdom life that Jesus promises. They will never receive the crown of life because they may in fact look like they are true followers, when in fact they are not following at all. They are still living for self, but profess his name over their lives. This is why the Bible says you can have a gift of prophecy, know mysteries, have faith to move mountains, give all you have to the poor and surrender your body to be burned, but if you do not have love, it profits you nothing. You are literally a noisy gong, even though you profess you are something and someone. The Bible tells us the love we are to have operating in and from us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. If we truly are losing our lives for his sake, then we will want to operate from his way. And if we operate from his way, then we will have and be in the life that he has promised us. To not be living in and from the life he has promised us is to not be doing it his way. We are still doing it for our sake and not his, and we need to be convicted of this. Jesus promised life abundance, John 15, to those who abide in Christ, love. If we are not living in accordance to his design, then we are laying our lives down for our own sake, thinking it is for him. Matthew 7 verse 21. To live for his sake is to be living for what Christ longs to see established in and through the church. And this all must come from a motivation 
of love. Christ longs to see all things established in his church. Firstly, his literal life, love, joy, peace, the eternal life, power, rest, freedom, the kingdom life in the church, in the church's hearts and minds. Secondly, an ongoing true knowledge of the Father. Thirdly, who we truly are as sons. Fourthly, abundant and eternal life. And fifthly, oneness of heart, mind, purpose and spirit. Christ longs to see all these established on the earth. Firstly, a well-oiled functioning body operating from the power of God. Secondly, a body that is truly of one spirit, one heart, one mind, one purpose, and who operates as this body, demonstrating the wisdom of God. Thirdly, wholehearted servants of Jesus, living for him and others from a place of love, loving everyone with the love of the Father, and a church who are laying their lives down for one another. Fourthly, people being reconciled to the Father and coming into the life mentioned and then seeing others reconciled to God. Fifthly, people being healed from every form of bondage and affliction. Six, the manifold wisdom of God being manifested on the earth. For all those who truly love God the way God intends, they will be actively involved in all of this reality. This is what it really looks like to be his disciples, his people who are wholeheartedly abandoned in love with him and to be living for his purposes and plans on the earth. This is the no compromise position and the position that sees you receiving all that is promised in God. There is nothing short of the upward call in Christ Jesus to which Paul was living for.